Jewel. Dreams last for so long, even after you're gone. Jewel. Uh, Jewel. Different Jewel. Oh. Different Jewel. What Jewel are you talking about? I'm talking about the uh, Jewel by Chef Steps. It's a sous vide situation. Yes. It is, it's this little white cylinder. You, you put it in a pot of water, a container of water. It heats the water up to the temperature that you want your food done at. You stick your food in in a plastic bag. It cooks at exactly the right temperature. It doesn't overcook. It doesn't undercook. It does it just right. It has revolutionized the way that I make yummy food. That's why they say, Jewel, perfect food every time. It is why they say that. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Jewel. Use the code homophilia to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. Dave, you seem drunk. I'm, I'm not, not drunk. You didn't use your martini shaker yet. Well, no, because it's <laughs> later in the same afternoon. Technically, we are recording this immediately after the last episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, I mean, let me tell you something. Yes. Did, uh, on the drive home in between these shows, uh, did I go right to get vermouth and oh. uh, blue cheese stuffed uh, olives? Oh, baby. And martini glasses? Yes. Oh, yes, so I did. Immediately after this, you will be drunk. That well, I'm not going to be drunk, but I will have uh, I will have a martini at home. I'll have a home martini. Ah, and we'll cook dream. up some sausages. Yum, yum, town. How um, are you, Matt McConkie? I'm good. Uh, I am very excited about today's show. Oh my! We God. have Isis King. She's you mean you know her from from Top Model and uh-huh. from being a model and uh, yeah. Oh, what a fucking great story! And yeah, a, she's. Just a star. Yeah. She is like, she has such presence. We had such a great photo shoot afterward. I mean, I looked like a fucking beat troll in every photo, like I always do, and I'm fine with it. No, I'm comfortable with it, but. To to take pictures with an actual professional model, that's yeah. just an extra level of oh wow, I'm mm-hmm. I'm disgusting. You have to just be desireless. You have to go in and just like this is going to turn out how it turns out. Yeah, and know that no one's going to be looking at you in the picture. Sure, they sure won't. They sure won't. It's the way go it ahead goes. and crop me right out. Um, okay, so I have a a story slash um, I want to I want to kind of crowdsource advice okay. on this. I'm willing to help. This is a story about something that happened a long time ago. Okay. How and long are we talking? We're talking like year. 15 years ago. We're talking years. like early 2000s. Okay. 2002, 2003. Yes. We're listening to Ashley Simpson. For we're, sure. Uh, we're wearing a bucket hat. Yeah. We're wearing probably just fully boot cut jeans. Yeah, maybe. Um, and so, you know, I'm – I'm doing big air quotes – an actor at the time, uh-huh. which means I've moved to LA. I've done – a couple commercials. I've done some student films. Yeah, I've, I'm peddling my wares around. I've got a stack of DVDs, full of DVDs that have these student films and commercials on them. Here's me, got my headshots, all that shit. And uh, I take a trip to New York. Yeah, and I have a friend there who's you know this is like the the, the dream uh, networking friend, very well connected person who's like. Oh, hey, while you're here, I'm going to introduce you to like a bunch of managers and agents and someone's going to sign you for sure. And you're, I'm basically going to just like give you a career. Okay. Uh-huh. Go to see this person, this person, this person. So I go on this wild goose chase all over New York, um, have a bunch of just like rush meetings where I – sorry, backing up. There's one thing that this friend says to me, which is, hey, so go into these meetings, you know, do your song and dance, give them your headshot, give them these DVDs. Don't give them this one. And this one – was a student film that I did that was like an overtly – it was a very sweet like um, so two two guys falling in love at a party and having like a passionate makeout uh-huh. thing. And because all of the other – the roles I was playing, again, I'm doing big air quotes, were a little more like bro Again, I, I'm not a good actor. I, I'm not saying I ever was. So I – you know, but there this, was a certain way is in like which- 40% caveat – by now. There was you a way in which backtracking and apologizing. I'm just for trying yourself, to paint the picture. There was a, a way in which I was kind God of like sake. people that, that I was going to sort of be marketed, I guess, if I, I were to ever be marketed. Yeah. And so my friend was like, don't give people that because 
the, the the implication being like you'll out yourself and you shouldn't do that. I see. And I and and, the, and they were also kind of like. By the way, I know how fucked up that is, but like let's just put the, our best foot forward. It's two thousand three. Like right. it's our it's a different time in sure. terms. You know, the understanding is like you probably won't have a career if you are out already yeah. because they'll think they can't cast you. Unless we have not even had a gay episode of Next yet. Right. At this and time in history. And I was also, you know, I, I just didn't have the the skill set to to play whatever whatever like caricature of like the gay friend was around back then. Uh-huh. I wasn't that either. So it was like, okay, great, I'll take your advice. Whatever. I go to a bunch of rush meetings. I've, I hand people my DVDs and my headshots, and I say like, please represent me. I'm going back to LA soon, but I'd love to work with. Uh-huh. I do all that. Everybody basically is like, get out of my office. I come back to LA. I get off the plane, and I have on my like. I'm assuming flip phone, a voicemail from one of the managers that I had met. Uh-huh. This is a very big New York manager. I'll tell you who she is off air. Great. And she's like, hey, I'm so sorry that I didn't give you more time in the meeting because I just started reviewing, going through your materials. I want to represent you. I've already talked to an agent here who will represent you either in New York or there's someone in the LA office. If you don't want to come back, we're going to do pilot season. We're, it was basically like, your dream phone call. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I've arrived. Uh-huh. I've made it. Here, Here we, we go. go. And so there's like a few days where me and this woman talking on the phone, we're strategizing, we're emailing multiple times a day. She's, I've never had somebody so hyped on me. Uh-huh. And um, I don't even think that I, ha- I actually went on any auditions. This was such a short amount of time. But we're just, we're talking, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're ramping up. And then all of a sudden, radio silence. She's gone. She's not answering my calls. She's not responding to my emails. I'm like, what's going on? And like a couple more days go by. And then the friend who introduced me to this manager uh-huh. calls me and says, hey, did you give her that DVD I told you not to give? I'm like, oh, fuck, I did. Like in my rush, uh-huh. I gave her everything. She's like, yeah, you know, I know she was really excited about you at first, but apparently she had seen like 75% of these little DVDs. And then she got to the last one recently. She called me and said, hey, I just want you to tell me point blank, is Matt gay? And I didn't want to lie to her, so I told her you were. And, you know, so she doesn't want to represent you anymore. And so she told me to tell you, essentially. So that's what happens. Now, so I'm like, but I'm mostly just so embarrassed because I'm like, well, I... I I literally said I was not going to do that, and I know that I fucked up, you know, leaving aside just how ridiculous it is that we're even having this conversation. So at the time, the only thing I felt was embarrassed. And again, I'm sorry this story is so long, but um, I'm going to get to the point. So, you know, I never ever hear from this woman again. Her her way of ending our relationship after being so after all the big promises and everything was to just like make the friend to call me and to tell me and ghost. say yeah and all these years and by the way it's like if you would have stuck with me long enough you would have realized you don't want to represent me because I'm not a very good actor and that's <laughs> a very legitimate reason to drop a client but we didn't even get that far right you know it was like and it was pretty black and white it was like. It, you 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 saw stuff you liked. You saw this one thing. You got you got the idea. You confirmed it. You dropped me. Well, by the way, this also means you're a good actor because you were convincingly. I, in I, the scene. I guess I was good in these like AFI five minute films plus like a, a fucking Honda commercial. Um, so, you know, obviously, I move on with my life. I I, I end up with some other acting reps out here, and uh-huh. it's fine. And, I, and nothing really happens again because like I'm just not. My heart isn't. It's just yeah. not what I was meant to be doing. It's not what you, do. I, I, you know, everything worked out. So now, all these years later, we're like, I kind of, you know, transitioned to a different career, um, and I'm looking back at this woman. And by the way, her top client is again. I'll tell you this off the air is on one of the queerest shows of all time, playing like a very queer character. Uh-huh. And I, so I don't believe in my heart that this woman is like homophobic. I think that no, it's just it's, there's money in it. Now. It's just there's yes. Now it, it we're at a different place in terms of acceptance. And at the time, it's like pushing for a gay client, even though it didn't have to be me. Because again, like, you know, I was not a dream client for other reasons. But um, you you didn't do it back then when it actually mattered. Uh And you did fire, you did drop somebody simply because they were gay. Yeah. So my question, so I have started 
ruminating on this again, I've had moments of like extreme anger toward this woman. Sure. Understandable. You know, 15 years later, when I have not even thought about it at all, where I'm like, I, and I've, want, I've, I've composed so many emails to her that I've edited and whittled down and, and I haven't sent it. I guess my question is, should I? Yes. I should, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, yes, you, know, you have to. I think that my hesitation was, first of all, that it would somehow be perceived that I was like trying to al- align myself with me too or, or, or pretend that this is, you know, yeah. obviously I would never compare my experience to that, you know, but I, I think that there is a similarity in that it's like the reason I never told you, I'm talking to this manager back then, like, oh, just so you know, it's fine. You don't want to represent me, but this is so fucked up. Uh-huh. Is because I was scared of her. Sure. And I was scared of the friend who introduced me. And now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not an actor anymore. I don't give a fuck of what you think. What are you going to do? Blacklist me from, you know, being a podcaster. Uh So um, now it's kind of like I I don't have anything to lose. So I guess – it's like, is there value in just saying to someone like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm so fine now. And like, it's not I'm certainly not accusing you of like ruining a career because yeah. I wouldn't have really had one anyway. And also, but. this is not an open letter. This is not a thing that you're putting up on the Daily Beast right. or something. It's a message you are sending to this person right. who did a thing that is sketchy and, and unethical and not and, and just not cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I think I'm going to do it. I think you should. But guys, uh, if you're I think Facebook you should blind group, copy me. Uh, blind copy everybody in our Facebook group. That'd be great. And then I'll tweet the response. That'd be great. Uh, you know, I, by the way, I got to go into it expecting to get no response. Or yeah. if I do, I'm sure she'll deny it or something. But I, I remember it very clearly. And, you know, and I there there are, weren't too many gray areas in terms of, you know, yeah. what went down. Yeah, no, I mean, you were you were absolutely wronged, and now she doesn't have all the power in the equation anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. You you are in a new stage in your life. I think I think it makes absolute sense for you to speak your piece. It will make all you right. feel good. All right, it well, will make you feel good. If I get the balls to do it, I do it. will. Keep oh, you, you have the, you've had the balls the, this whole time. I have. Yeah. You just needed to take it to me. I just needed to take my balls out on the table. And that's right. And say, are they here? Yeah. There they are. Oh. The balls have been with you this whole time, Matt McConkie. Thank you, Dave. Send that email. All right. You All might right. get an apology. You might get nothing. It doesn't matter. It's not about her. It's not about her. It's about you. It's just about giving a middle finger to the man who yes. happens to be a woman. And to be, and to be honest with you, I, and, th- and this goes out to everyone, we have all dealt with that kind of shit at a time when we put the blame for a lot of that shit on ourselves yeah. because we were raised to. Right. You know, like it's you're you're still. I mean, in in the early aughts, even though even though eventually there was a gay episode of Next uh-huh. and whatever, uh-huh. and we're and we're getting better. Like you're still kind of t- raised to think that you're a burden, yeah. or that to stand up for yourself is wrong somehow, and that's you know that's crazy. But yeah. it, but that's part of, that's the messages that we were raised with. So anything that you can do to actively shrug that shit off, do it, do it. Okay. 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 Do it now. I'm gonna do it. Great. Oh my god! Let me get my phone. Here okay. we go. Here we go. While I'm doing that, guys, Isis King. Isis King. Here she comes. Dave. Yep. You know what drives me nuts? What? When I want to get my 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 solutions for hair loss, for skincare, for sexual wellness, all you know, man stuff, uh-huh. and I got to go here, I got to go there, I got to go everywhere. Uh huh. You got to have awkward talks with your doctor. Yes. I don't want to do that. I don't want to bring my doctor that closely into my personal life. Hell I don't. No. no. Oh boy. That's why I'm glad there's forhims.com. Easier, yes. more affordable access to prescriptions, products, medical advice that I need. And these are not herbal supplements. These oh, no. Are, these are not weirdo things that might no, kill you? No, 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 no. No. Prescription solutions backed by science, so there's no waiting room, but none of those awkward doctor visits. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is go to forhims.com, ask, a, a, answer a few quick questions, and then a doctor, who it could be anywhere in the world, will review and prescribe you, and everything will be sent directly to your door, and then he'll tell everyone you know about it. See, that end no. part is not going to happen. No. That could happen if you went to like a regular doctor. Actually, it probably couldn't, but you'd be <laughs> worried about it. With forhims.com, you don't have to strip. You don't have to trip or strip. Because <laughs> you'll you be at home. If you want to. If you want to do it naked, you can. 
Order it now. Our listeners get a trial month for just five bucks. Ooh, five bucks. Ooh. That's nothing right now while supplies last. It would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Check out the website for the full details. That website is forhims.com slash homophilia. That is F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash homophilia, which I'm not going to spell because it would take forever. Forhims.com slash homophilia. I know you love me, but soon you will see you were meant for me. See, again, and, again you're talking about the wrong jewel. What ju- jewel? See, I'm talking about jewel sous vide by Chef Steps. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it will allow any home cook to create chef level dishes thanks to precise temperature control. It makes sure that your food will never overcook, will never undercook, so you're free to focus on your guests, on the playlist, on the themed cocktails, yes. on the decor, etc. Can that playlist involve Jewel? It can. Great. It can. Great. See, that's the thing. So you maybe weren't that far off the mark. Uh, and if your guests are running late or your apps or your cocktails are taking longer than you expected, don't even trip. Jewel is ready when you are and your food won't overcook. Jewel, perfect food every time. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the code homophilia to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. You were meant for me and I was meant for you. We're back with Isis King. Isis. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me. You uh, had to go through quite a journey to get here, it sounds like. (laughs) Well, I I had the wrong day. My manager accidentally uh, marked the wrong day. So I was here yesterday at 6. Wow. And yeah. God. But you know, I didn't have to come far. So it Uh worked. It worked out. Thank God. We're going to make it all worthwhile. Yep. <laughs> Thank yep. you. But you're here now. We're all here. We're together. Uh, what What are you What are you currently obsessed with right now? Like when you when you have an afternoon just to be on the sofa watching TV. What What might What might that be? Okay, so literally like, over the weekend, I did like binge watch uh-huh. um, the third season of Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh huh. Oh, and so then um, I got to watch. Well, no, I binge watched that over a few days. Uh-huh. I'm not that much of a loser, <laughs> but but I did um, binge watch on Sunday Santa Clarita Di- Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, oh yeah, it's hard to say that Santa one. Clarita Diet. Yes. the second season. I, it was like three and a half hours, so yeah. I watched the whole thing. Okay, can you sum that up for me? I've watched. I I caught a few minutes of the first episode and didn't. Of season with one, it. yeah. It didn't stick with you? How could you I, I, Drew Barrymore? I think I just need to set aside a couple days and fully binge it. I mean, I love Drew more than anything. So the thing is, I have a really weak stomach, and I don't even like gruesome stuff, but mm-hmm. I just love the concept of the family and, like, trying to make it work. And it's just so funny. And the concept is that they are cannibals? No. So so uh, basically, Drew Barrymore wakes up, and she don't know what's wrong, that now she's, like— craving flesh oh. and she's basically like the undead but you don't know why we don't know why oh. so then um, basically her husband like wants to like love her still so he finds out a way to like make it work to where they're only trying to get bad guys so that it's not so bad oh, that uh-huh. she's eating yeah. uh-huh. and, and then like the daughter it's it's hilarious and season two is I think even better. Oh good, all right, yeah. all right. That's a good Stick endorsement. Stick with it, just just and I love Drew from I like ET, e. but of for me especially for Charlie's Angels, mm-hmm. I still want a part three. They can still do it. Yes, right. they can. Demi Moore can still do it, of course. Well, Demi Moore, I think she got killed off. Oh, okay. you know, uh, but it's it Drew, uh, Cameron, and yeah. Lucy. I mean, that's a dream team, right? Yeah, there. bring it. I on. love them. Who would be your char- – if you were an, an angel, who would you choose as your other two angels? Well, the funny thing is I hear that they are casting mm-hmm. and for a for a redo. And, you know, I think that they should have a trans angel named Isis King Absolutely. as one of the angels. Yeah. I, I hear that, that maybe Lupita is – they're talking to her maybe. and wow. um, But I don't know. Who would I have? Let's see. Who do I love right now? I want uh, Tiffany <laughs> I mean, of who course. doesn't? <laughs> well, maybe maybe Tiffany Haddish can be like the Bosley, oh, okay, you know, because yeah. she's really funny. Sure. And and who else do I love right now? While you think, yes. I mean, anytime she comes up, we have to ask this question: Yes, who but Beyonce on the face? Right. Say Do you know this whole thing? Tiffany Haddish in an oh, interview oh, talked about well, being well, at a party. They, well, yeah. they said today that it was Sanaa Lathan. They just said it on TMZ. Who? who? Sanaa Lathan. Who is that? 
she's, she's the um, actress, like a legendary black actress, uh-huh. loving basketball. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She bit Beyonce, well, you know, but she denied it though. But, you know, TMZ just, like, confirmed, you know, I, I feel like I should be on one of those shows because yeah. I am so into pop culture. Yeah. Like, I am. I just had to tell my best friend today, I'm taking a little mini break from social media because, you oh, know, wow. with everything happening in my family, I was like, you know what, I need a little break for myself. Uh-huh. So, but I did watch that on TMZ, like, t- two hours ago. Oh, you got the most yeah. important fresh. news in Yeah, oh, no, it was fresh. Break. It was fresh. Wow. Okay. Nothing but the best for you guys. Okay, wow, good. Love it. I appreciate that. Hot out the kitchen. Um, okay, so Tiffany as Bosley, who's on either side of you? Okay, so, you know, in a fighting group, you always have to have, like, the blonde girl next door. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, with the hidden rage. <laughs> you know, I would, <laughs> I would say um, Hayden, but maybe she's too tiny. Like, mm. you know, the three girls have to be, like, similar heights. But I don't uh-huh. I think – I feel like she might be really tiny, but she's just so adorable to me. So sure. maybe Hayden. Hayden Panettiere from yes, Nashville? Yes. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. first name basis I with love Hayden. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, I would say I'm the brunette, but, you know, right now I'm feeling like – I'm feeling like a honey blonde lace yeah, front fantasy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so maybe I can be, like, the redhead, like the, like the Drew. Sure. Mm-hmm. The Tanya Roberts. And then, um, and then who would be the other one? You need somebody with, like – Sultry, dark features. I don't know. I have to mm. think about that. We'll okay. come back to that. Yeah. Maybe by the end of the interview. Yeah. We'll circle around. Um, what else are you obsessed with right now what, 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 when you're not, you know, binging Santa Clarita diet? <laughs> well, really I, I literally binge it in three and a half hours because uh-huh. the episodes wow. are like 21 minutes because there's no commercial. Yeah. And then it's only 10 episodes. Uh-huh. So I didn't feel that bad watching it. Yeah. You know, That's back manageable. to that. I was like, I'm not getting enough. I'm just going to. Well, I did get ice cream. Uh huh. And came back like Rocky Road with some bananas. And I yep. was like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Why uh, not? Living you know, the I'm dream. In, I'm in LA all by myself. I don't have a man. Like, what else am I going to do on a Sunday? Uh-huh. Well, I did it after church, of course. All right. Can we um, talk church, by the way? I saw you are. You go to the. Mosaic. Yeah, I do. Oh, look at you. I I see the crowds. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the mosaic on the it's by the Hollywood Bowl. What is it? What goes on there? Well, you know, sacrifices, of course, (laughs) sacrificing babies. No, um, (laughs) no. It's to me. I think it it really um, caters to like young artists because like you have the the live band and like the smoke and the lights and it's like very like ooh, you know, yeah, it's production, but also. Edwin, the pastor, he's he's, he's a rock just star. amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh-huh. And is it? And it's really good energy. And I feel like usually when you go to different church, I haven't been to church in so long. And then I went there. I was like, oh wait, this energy is pretty cool. And then yeah. and then I went back on my own, which was on, I think like around my birthday. I woke up. I was just like, I just feel like I need to hear the word. Need some Jesus. And and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then since the beginning of the year, I've been going like consistently. Right. And yeah. is it like non-denominational? Yeah, it's non-denominational, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I feel like, you know, I'm a trans woman. I haven't felt any type of way yet. The message is pretty universal and and the pastor is just so funky. Like his style, the way he, he preaches, he talked about Black Panther and related that back to like the the word. And I'm yeah. just like, well, he's like awesome. I mean, yeah, he's pretty I'm, cool. I'm interested. Yeah. We're church shopping. Uh, we are. We seem to be uh, just, yeah, trying to gauge uh, where everybody's at spiritually every yeah. week. Well, definitely try it. I, I would say, well, this is a good time to go Easter Sunday. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But I would just say, you know, even if you, like, no matter what you believe in, I think it's just a good experience and you might actually, like, really like it. Because uh-huh. that experience is way different than, like, most other churches I went to. Yeah. Where I'm just like... Okay. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing. It. There's there's a service on Wednesday nights at the Saban Theater on Melrose, right at San Vicente. Uh huh. You know that weird theater where it's like Lou what, Graham from Foreigner. I've plays seen there. Wilson Phillips there. Wilson Phillips just brag. played there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and on, uh, I have a friend who has a restaurant right near it, and uh, and I went there on a Wednesday, and it was the most beautiful bunch of young Hollywood people I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Is it the mosaic? Thing about was it I don't know what it okay. was. No, I don't. I don't think maybe. I know they have a lot of locations, but yeah, but maybe not. But I, I don't. It, you know who it was? It ended up being Justin Bieber's preacher. 
Oh, oh that so, guy. So, so, oh, yeah. he's blowing up too. Yes. He's blowing up. He's yeah. not better than mine. So. Now, I'm sure he's worse. I'm sure he's not. But then afterwards, like everybody spilled back into this restaurant and it was the I shouldn't it was the guy from uh, the arrangement or whatever that E show. Oh yeah. He plays like the Tom Cruise character. Yeah. He was there like in a very expensive sleeveless hoodie. Like it was just you know what I mean? It was a very fashion <laughs> yeah. forward yeah. kind of a church situation. Well definitely mosaic, like it's definitely fashionable, especially in the summer. I remember seeing one girl I was like Wow, that's what church. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it looks like come, people come are going as to Coachella. Yeah. Come as you are. Yeah. You know? But yeah. there's well, definitely no pressure, you know. Like a lot of I grew up in the church. Yeah. And there's definitely no pressure like the churches I've been to back home. Uh-huh. I like it. Wow. I like what I'm hearing. What did you uh I mean we talked um uh Charlie's Angels, but what did you grow up watching? Like what did you see yourself well, reflected in when X-Men. you were growing up? Oh, yeah? Yeah. When I was young, I wanted to be a comic book artist. Um, uh-huh. So my background is illustration. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then it um, it started with X-Men and Storm. I'm obsessed with anything Storm. Oh, God, mm-hmm. yeah. And so anything that's comic book related or, like, action or girls kicking ass mm-hmm. um, is definitely, like, or, or powers, like, magic or anything like, like that I'm obsessed with. Did you read the comics? Did you watch the I used uh, to read the comics um, and then one day I switched them for Vogue magazines and, uh-huh. and then I became a fashion designer because I realized my illustration style was always more catered to fashion. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's how that kind of got started. So even still like I ended up getting a full scholarship to school. Uh-huh. It was an illustration contest and mine's are like comic style, you know. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, anything, like, I know The Craft is about, I mean, oh. The Craft is one of my favorite movies. The best. But I want. I would love to see a remake of that. I would love to be in that, too. Oh, I, sure. could be the, I could be the Rachel True. Uh-huh. Um, you could be any of them. Please. Uh, we don't yeah. need to limit you to the Rachel That's True. That's true. By the way, Rachel I, True, I don't mean to interrupt, but you know that she gives tarot readings at um, oh, uh, The Place awesome. on Sunset. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's an Echo Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a like a spiritual place. You place you go to buy candles and stuff. But you can That's also get awesome. readings there. Had one with Rachel True. She oh, was amazing. Wow. Yeah, and and she didn't make your hair fall out, huh? No, she didn't That's make my so hair cool. fall out. You know what it was? I there was like a like a small package and a big package, and because I'd never had one before, I got the like quickie one. It was like fifteen minutes or something, and I could tell the vibe was kind of like well. This is bullshit. Like you didn't, you weren't serious enough to like buy the real package. So you're uh-huh. you're not really going to get a great reading here. But we'll do what we can. Uh-huh. So that was kind of. I feel the, like if you have the gift, no matter the reading is going to be. I, I bought a um a, a deck and I haven't used it yet, but I, it was like an ISIS deck with a goddess and like it's all e- Egyptian goddess based, and I was just compelled to get it. Sure. And then so much stuff happened from moving here, and I really haven't like, you know. Got into it yet? But that I could should. be a, a really cool side hustle for you. You could, yeah. Be a, I mean, I yeah, feel like I'm really intuitive with with energy and different types of things. So. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, you know. What's your favorite storm look? Do you like her long and flowy? Do you uh, like a long mohawk? And, long and flowy. I never liked the mohawk growing up, but mm-hmm. they did her justice in mm-hmm. the last X Men movie um, with Alexandra Ship and. Um, but I am upset. I just found out today, too, that they're pushing the, the Dark Phoenix back from summer to February of uh-huh. next year. Um, but I hope that that's because they're redoing her wig. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the screenshots. No. She has black roots. Oh, she has oh, a, no. She has a no. short little, like, spiky, like, old lady hairdo oh, with no. black jet black roots. And no. I'm just like... Number so one, how many X-Men movies are they going to do before they get Storm hair right? Yes. And number two, Storm is born with white hair. Is no reason she would have jet black, like, stripper roots. Yeah, no. she's not dying that. That's no. who so, she is. So when I saw that, I was just like, it's literally been, like, six movies with Storm. And I'm just pissed. I feel like the mop was the best rendition, yeah. you know? But I'm just like, there's so many amazing wigologists out here that uh-huh. you could easily get a white wig done. Yeah. But my favorite look is the... um. The classic white or, uh-huh. or silver look uh-huh. with the little yellow band going down. I think that's my favorite. Oh, yeah. But yeah. definitely just long, flowy hair. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, can we talk Top Model? Of, of course. I mean, how did it how Today's did it come Top to Model be? Tuesday, actually. Oh, happy Top Model Tuesday, yeah, everyone. Yeah, tonight. Um, how Do you did, still watch it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watch every – well, there was one season I didn't watch for uh-huh. – they brought a girl back who who said some mean things to me, and oh, so no, I didn't no. watch that season. No. But um, but I, I'm still obsessed with Top Model. I'm still like tweet, and they sent me last season like a hat and a little sweatshirt and all this stuff. They was like, "You're doing a really good." I'm like, "Of course, I'm giving you guys like free like 
you guys should just hire, give me a job to be like your social media yeah. person yeah. because I'm still obsessed with Top Model. Well, they were lucky to have you. Thank you. I mean, so Twice. how did it come to be? Um, well, I was in the background. I was a background extra because they were doing a homeless photo shoot, and they went to an organization called Reciprocity Foundation that I was a part of to get a couple background extras who were actually homeless. And I was picked to be one of the background extras, and I literally listened to everything Mr. J was saying to the model. And me coming from the ballroom culture and competition, I start inching up to the light, and it yeah. got to a point where each model that was coming out, Mr. J would say, Watch out for ISIS. She's going to try to sell your light. And then basically in panel, I heard they were just talking about me, and then they ended up pursuing me for the show. Wow. For the next season. So you were with Reciprocity at the time, and then all of a sudden you're moving into the top model house? Yeah, I was I was actually still living in the shelter. Wow. And I, I literally had to, like, go buy a suitcase because I never had one. I'd never been on a plane. I was, at this point, I had just turned 22. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, it was a fascinating experience. That's a true Cinderella story. Oh, well, by the, the way. Well, the true Cinderella story would be meeting Prince Charming and having, like, a lot of digits in my bank account. But, you know. Uh-huh. Well, the still story's coming. not over. The yeah. story is definitely not over. Please. I'm putting that in the universe, definitely. Absolutely right. I'm supposed to tell you, Michael, my boyfriend, Michael Grassi, is your number one fan. Oh, has been with you. you since the beginning. Loves you so much. Has never uh, taken such an interest in a podcast guest before. But he was oh. like, you must tell her. <laughs> What's so the there it is. Is it Michael? Michael. Hi, Michael. No, <laughs> Thank you for your support. Oh. I love you. I just heard oh. him die. <laughs> you just made his week. You just made my life so much easier. Oh. So how, how do you watch it now? Are you just picking it apart? Are no. you? I mean, so, so, oh, this is a little juicy. Okay. So, my favorite, Gina, um, she just got eliminated last week. Uh. She's um, bald, she has alopecia, and she's a, they, her makeover was like, took off her wig and shaved the, you know, her hair that she had all the way off. Uh-huh. So, she was definitely a front runner. Yeah. Definitely a front runner. And then um, f- last week, something came out like, oh, that she did Playboy. And like some pictures, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I just know that I'm pretty sure they had to know already. But if not, I feel like they have a way of swaying. Like, you know, they might just so happen to go back and, and reshoot some stuff, you know, because that that's just how Top Model was. I feel like that's in our contract. So uh-huh. when I saw that, I was like, even before she just got eliminated, I was like, damn, my favorite isn't going to win. You know, just because she did Playboy, Be, you're not because I, well, I, I think with with nudity. Oh, you're not supposed to have mm-hmm. done like professional nudity if you're. Mm-hmm. On, I don't think um, any kind. So even maybe they did know, and even if they did, they'll just keep her going, even if she's one of the best, but not let her win. Mm. So when I seen that, I was upset. And then so this week, I think they're going to bring somebody back, and I'm ho- I'm hoping it's her, but. Honestly, I just feel like not no because I know they're not going to let her win. But to me, she was the best. Uh-huh. So that made me sad. And, and her Playboy pictures were amazing, number one. Sure. You know, her kitty cat yeah. was amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yes, go girl. And and we're doing an event together, on, I think, on the 15th in South Carolina, North Carolina. So so I get to meet her, and, and she's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Nice. When you, when you came off of the show, did you feel like you had a community to, to sort of – um, not Landon? Th- not the first time. Well, maybe a little first time, but the first time it was really, it was 2008. It was the beginning of, like, really social media and cyberbullying. So I got uh-huh. the the big part of that at the beginning, and it was very scary. Yeah. So, you know, and also it wasn't really time, career-wise. Like, things, things wasn't really opening up yet, like roles and different things like that. So did I really have a community? Maybe, like, with the support of GLAD, but did I really feel, like, a part? Not necessarily. I still had a lot of discovering myself to do. I went on Top Model at the beginning of my transition, uh-huh. and now I'm famous. So it was a lot of, like, stepping back and saying, like, who am I? You know, yeah. I, I'm being judged at the beginning of a transition, and I'm getting these relationships with these abusive guys, and I'm just oh, like, God. I need to just focus on, like, who who am I? Yeah. Outside of all of that, and and that always has been, a, especially in my early to mid twenties, that was always a, a struggle. And then at twenty five, I went back on top model for All Stars, and I had, you know, my top and bottom surgery, and it was just always a struggle with like, no, I'm a normal person, no, I'm this like superstar, you know, and it's like, 
but without the gigs, you know, right. what do you do? And yeah. and just trying to have a clear head and have a solid mental along the way uh-huh. has been important. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. How do you feel now? It's still a struggle. You know, I moved to L.A. Um, this summer will be two years. You know, I moved here for my acting career. And at the time I was doing a, a docu-series reality show mm-hmm. um, called Strut. And, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to talk about moving to L.A. for my acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't move here for the model agency. I moved here for my acting. But because and, of the premise of the show, you had to present it like, I'm yeah, just here for modeling. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. Um, and also, I was like, okay, so, you know, I'll just present my designs and at least I can. But that was even cut out. And I was just like, okay, you know, it, it is what it is, you yeah. know. But yeah. But uh, definitely, you know, acting things have really opened up some in the past few years. And I felt like, you know, being at the beginning of this generation's wave, I thought it was important to, like, to step back up and just try to ride it since I was a big part of, I guess, the start of trans people in the media in Uh a way, Uh in this generation. So it's just like, hey, you know, I want to try to grasp it, you know, and I've been acting for for many years but like I said roles are just starting to open up and and that's something I really want to do so I knew that it was important for me to be here uh-huh. but it's been tough let me tell you yeah it's and is tough. it do you think it's changing like the perception and the the <clears throat> you know the the limits that other people sort of put on you as far as acting yeah it's it's starting to get better because at the beginning it was only like oh the the trans character is a prostitute that dies or just just here to hook up with the main character it's like okay if i'm going to be a prostitute can you at least give me a storyline can you at least (laughs) see why my character's doing this or is it just going to be i'm in the car i'm in the alley you know i'm just this and it's just like that if that's a role like I did that in the Philippines, I went there to shoot an indie film, and it was just like okay, at least my character they show the backstory and they show why these girls do this. My character was the only trans character, and it's like, oh, this is how they got into this. This is they're not. This isn't what they want to do. Yeah. Here's their stories, and I'm just like, you know what? Okay, I I can deal with that because yeah. it shows like the, the normality of these people and and what they go through, especially in third world countries. Um, but when every audition, when most auditions were just coming through and that's it, I'm just like, it was very discouraging. So now it's just starting to open up where, you know, uh, like my girlfriend Amaya Scott is like the daughter and she's a stylist on Star, you know. And then Pose is coming out and they're just like, they're in a the ballroom scene or, you know, the character is just a, a patient or a doctor. It's just like we, we're just normal people. We can play any role. Yeah. Right. So, so that is a little bit inspiring. The roles are still not like... It's not like they're just coming through the door, yeah. but at least it is starting to change and the narrative is changing, yeah. which is really important because as trans people, we are more, you know, a, a lot of trans people do do sex work. And if that's your choice, that's fine. But that shouldn't be the only uh, storylines that we have in media. Yeah. And if that is your choice, like, let's talk about why or, yeah. Who do you think is doing a good job in terms of tra- like? Are there shows and movies you would look to and go, "That's that's the right representation." I think I think uh, the character on Star. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good representation, and even like even her character, you know, she does some some things that could, would be considered dark, but they show the normality of her everyday life, which I think is really important. They show her with her family, they show her with the girls, like, getting them ready for their gigs, and her in a relationship. And I just think that that's, that's really important. I think that yeah, I think that Laverne's character when she was a lawyer was pretty cool. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the show got cut. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wow, look, you know, in a suit. Like, that's badass. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, like, we can be any of these things. Yeah. And hey. also, I'm I'm starting to try to develop a script because, you know, I have an idea that it's something I would want to see on TV. And, you know, I'm just going to write it and, and just see, you know, hopefully it can... We'll see. Yeah. yeah. The world needs it. I, I mean, that's the show I want to see. Yeah. I want to go on Netflix and, like, look at shows and movies that like, with people to look like me. I want to see love stories. Yeah. I want to see love stories with people my age, you know, not just, like, you know, one that's in the 80s or with, like, a 45-year-old, like, old white man, you know? It's just, right. like, 
that's fine. But it's like, can I see we some can young more. people of color too? Can I just see a young love story? Can I see one that's like up to date and like and vibrant colors and not just like slightly black and white mm-hmm. where because it's so long? Uh-huh. You know, I've seen this one movie where. Um, I think it was just a guy, but he he played trans. And I think it it was, like, early 90s, maybe late 80s. And basically, he, I mean, well, he was portraying a girl. So she was uh, bumped into a guy who was, like, a badass motorcycle rider. And they went to high school together. And basically, the guy used to take up for the now um, trans woman, like, when she was getting bullied as, like, a boy in school. Uh-huh. And so then basically they, they met back up and, like, it's a girl now, and then they, like, fall in love and it's a weird type of romance. And I was just like, I would love to be in a remake of something yeah. like this. Like, this yeah. is a, a simple story that, like, things happen because I know that plenty of guys from high school are sliding into my DMs now. Sure. All of them are burnt out, so no thank you. <laughs> no, thank but you. But I'm just like, you know, I would love to see this in more like a updated version, an updated urban version, you know? Yeah. like. Why not? Let's finish like, that script and let's march across the street to Netflix. It's I right know. there, Isis. I know. And you Come can on. take as many kind bars as you want from the lobby. Oh, my uh, God. The coconut one is my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Delicious. Um, I guess we should take a break. We're going to take a little we'll break. come back and we'll talk. Uh, yeah, I'm a yapper, so just oh, I love it. Yeah. No, please. That's what we're here for. We'll be back with Isis. Our very first guest ever on Homophilia, Miss Cameron Esposito. Yes. And Rhea Butcher. Yes. I've just brought their stand-up show, Put Your Hands Together, to Earwolf. That's me putting my hands together. You did it. They're stoked to bring their long-running podcast to our listeners, and we are just as stoked to have them here. Uh-huh. Each week they record Put Your Hands Together live in front of an audience at the UCB Theater here in Los Angeles. It's like being at a live stand-up show, but it's in your ears, and you can listen to it and experience it wherever you are on this planet. Name some places. Uh, uh, New Jersey. You can listen to it. France? You can listen to it. Wow. Yep, New Jersey and France. only two places I know. They okay. featured guests like Bob Odenkirk, Jenny Slate, Hannibal <laughs> Burris, as well as Earwolf favorites like Paul F. Tompkins and Joe Firestone. Mm-hmm. You can listen and subscribe right now on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. <laughs> Folks, we're back with Isis King. Hi. So earlier, <laughs> um, you alluded to some DMs. Yeah. Some yes. guys sliding in there. Some scrubs. Are we Scrub. still saying scrubs? Scrub is a guy that thinks he's flying. Yeah. He's also also known. known as a buster. As a buster. <laughs> so these busters from high school, yes. they're sliding in. What kinds of things are they saying? Like simple things. Nothing like, like oh, have you been? What's up? Like... What are you up to? When is the next time you're home? And I'm just like, no, no. I don't even respond. And it's funny because one is sent into my DMs recently. Is somebody, like, he was kind of cool in school, but he used to make fun of me, too, like, yeah. in the hallways. And then another one who I had a, the big crush on, big crush on back in school. Uh-huh. And he kind of just, you know, played, like, made fun or whatever. He sent in my DMs, like, a year or two ago. And, yeah, he was really trying to, like, chat with me and I was just like wow but now you have all these kids and you have like the dark smoking lips and like you Ooh. just look like really burnt out and I just look like hmm <laughs> like you're burnt out and I'm just getting my second wave you uh-huh. know so uh-huh. as she sips her LaCroix I mean if only you could see oh it it would God. live on in, in <laughs> the gift just saw a gif uh, come to life yeah <laughs> Um, so what do you look for in a fella what uh, uh, I mean if you're gonna find me somebody uh huh because I am on Tinder. Great. And, I mean, it's just hard, though, because, like, I'm not looking for hookups. You know, I went through a three-year abstinence. Um, and then on my birthday this past year, I did I did hook up with somebody that I knew. And then I felt, like, horrible. Oh, no. Because I, I really just want to be in a relationship, you uh-huh. know. And and I just realized that if, you, if I can take my time, you know, like, that, I don't know. I kind of, it's easier to weave people out. You know? Yeah. So what am I looking for at this stage in my life, mm-hmm. at 32, and someone that, like, wants to get married? I'm looking for a good guy. I'm looking for a nice guy who is funny and someone who is just interested in a sense that he wants the same thing that I want. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Okay. That's, that's it. I used to have a list of like what he looks like and right. all that. And I found that every time I would, you know, get in a relationship with someone that looks like what I want them to look like, they were like empty right. or, you know, like user or. Yeah. I just want to meet a nice guy who's like fun, funny, goofy like me. You know, I just like to just be have fun yeah. and you know, watch Drew Barrymore eat, eat people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, might, you know, might share that sad. rocky road. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what, somebody that likes to cuddle. Oh. Yeah. What's your relationship history like? Well, I've been I had, my last relationship ended almost four years ago. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And did it end badly? Um, well, we were living together, and I packed all his shit up and put it out. So Wow. So, yeah. What did he do? Um, he was good until we actually moved in, and then he just literally stopped doing everything, including help helping. Like, so financially, you know, we moved in knowing that it was going to be split, but once we moved in, he literally did nothing. Oh, and, God. you know, like, I, I was still in New York. You know, I had you know, gigs once in a while, but I had a full-time job as a makeup artist for Mac, and I'm just like, I'm not bringing in all that, you know, this is not the type of, like, you're a year older than me, I'm not about to be a sugar mama, Mm -hmm. you know, and literally, it took a few months to get him out, because he was like, this is New York, and I know my rights, and I was like, wow, so you did this before. Wow. Oh, God. So you had months of, like, living together when you're just, like, not speaking? Uh, two months. And then oh, in that shit. two months, I made him sleep in the living room, and then he was in and out, and on the cell phone, I know he was, I know he was, like, you know, being no good, so basically I would leave out to go to work, and he would be laid across the couch, and I would get back, and he would be laid across the couch. Oh, my God. No, we, we want better for you, Isis. Yeah. yeah. And that was just that one. It wasn't, like, one of the the other ones. But, but yeah, so after that one, I realized, like, I just had a pattern with picking people, and I literally realized that I need to go on a journey alone to just really find out who I was because they say that you only you allow what you think you deserve. Right. And I know that I'm a good person, and I feel like I deserve more. But judging by the people that I dated and that I stayed in relationship with and the things I stayed through, I realized that I needed to like become a stronger person. So that's when I, I wasn't planning on being abstinent for that long, but, you know, I just— Literally just dated and and didn't give it up and realize how people are when you don't, you know. And I was just waiting to find that spark. And in those few years, like, I knew, like, one year I was still in New York, but I knew I was coming here. So I really couldn't get serious with somebody. And then moving here, I feel like the guys are like, they are so weird. They're garbage. They are so weird. Yeah. Everybody's just, like, they're so lax. And then, you know, they're like, oh, do you want to come over? I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Like, no. And they don't really try, you know? I guess and everybody here is harder, too, because the, my last relationship, you know, the guy was a user, and it's like everybody here is trying to, like, be something. And it's, yeah. like, even more like, let me just watch, you know? Right. What's a typical Tinder interaction like? What are, what are pe- people saying to you on there? Well, I, I try to do a good job at filtering through. Well, number one, it's the guys that don't read the profile where it says that I'm trans on my profile. And it's like, so then you start chatting and then like, oh, can I get your number? I'm like, you did read my profile, right? And then that's when I'm like, oh, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And um, and then some guys, you know, are, are really nice. I don't usually get like, you know, disrespectful things because I usually, I I have a pretty good eye at this point, you know? Yeah. So it's like, once in a while, a guy would throw me off, though. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting him to say that. But, yeah. but you know, I try to, yeah. I hate online dating. I hate I hate this whole swiping. And yeah. I, I just want to already meet, like, my perfect guy. And Yeah, it's it's also dehumanizing. Yeah. How, how, how is, where do we make a turn? You know, how do we get back to meeting people face-to-face? Yeah. Is question. there a place where you can meet people face-to-face? I mean, I got like I'm trying to be out, but I'm not really like a I'm not like a go out at night person. Yeah. You know, I'm not like a bar person. So it's hard, you know. Right. And then when I do meet somebody out, you know, it's like, okay, let me tell them. But I'll tell them like after a whole conversation, I'll tell them on the phone. You know, usually let's see what happens with that. A lot of times for guys, a lot of guys can accept that I'm trans, but then when they found out I'm a public figure, that's that's like hard. Right. For for them, you know, so. That's what I was wondering, like, how many of these people are fans and they're just, no, like. No, I mean, I don't, 
once in a while. But, mm-hmm. but you know, not necessarily a lot, you know. Yeah. It's, it's more so like, oh, they can't handle that I'm a public figure. Because, like, oh, it's one thing for me to know that my girlfriend is trans, but the whole world knows that my girlfriend is trans. And, you know, I just have to find a guy that is comfortable with himself, secure in himself. Usually um, a guy who's a little older than me is, like, what I usually go towards. Um yeah. yeah, so it's it's just, you know, I guess just meeting the right person at the right time. You know, I also have to be at a, in a good place, you know. Sure. Um, you seem like you're in a pretty good place. Thank you. You're very serene. Yeah, you're, you're going you. to Mosaic. Mosaic working. is working. I'm yeah. telling you. You know, well, especially like I had a really rough day yesterday. You know, some stuff happened in my family and, you know, I had a really good day at church on Sunday, so I was like, why is this happening, you know? But uh-huh. but I, I think I bounced back pretty good, and I would like to think that getting back in church since January really— because I don't really have structure in my life. I don't have, like, a regular like regular job, you know, and it's not like auditions come every single day. So having a little bit of a routine is, is starting to be really, really good. And also yeah. just—I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person, and I think just that reconnection is definitely helping me with this— L.A. loneliness. Yeah. You know, all my family's in Maryland. All my friend, I was in New York for 10 years, and I made some friends here, lost some friends here, and and I'm kind of introverted because I've, I don't know, I've been done bad a lot. You've been and through I'm some just, shit, yeah. And I'm just trying to, you know, not let that burn me, you know, not let that make me bitter, but definitely being kind of introverted and kind of between friends and relationships, like meeting I think it's because, you know, being this type of person, you always draw the opposite to you. And then you always I always see the best in people. And I'm just like, nah, the older I get, I'm like, nah, let me just nip this because this isn't the type of energy that I want to be around. And I've had to do that in L.A. since I've been here. Sure. And and that's been tough when it's like you, you start to meet a group of people. And it's like, oh, a group. And then it's like... Yeah, you know, after almost a year, it's like, mm this isn't the direction that I want to go. So now it's just like, back to square one, you know, it's just mm-hmm. the lone wolf, you know. Uh-huh. But the older you get, you know, I, I think the more it becomes like that. Right. So it is it is difficult to find uh, solid people here. Yeah. You know, they're yes. here. They are. But they're hard to find, mm-hmm. you know. It's a, it's an odd place in that way. It's what, a journey. What was dating like before you were a public figure? What was it like in, in it, high school? Or did you date in high school? I mean, yeah, I, I dated in high school, you know. I transitioned at 21. I was on Top Model at 22. Uh-huh. So, like, my whole transition was public, you know. So before that, you know, tra- living as a boy, I mean, of course it's different. You know, just being a gay guy is like, you can find somebody anywhere, <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah. And you're not, you know, so it was it was easy, you know. But I always was like a relationship person. If ever I like try to hook up with somebody, I would feel so bad afterwards. And then, but back then, it's like testosterone like really gets you. Oh yeah, it really gets you. <laughs> it's so, a tricky devil. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad, you know, the surgery. I'm like just so calm. I'm like, oh, I want, you know. Oh, I really want to have sex, and I'm just like, mm, no, I really want to binge watch this and eat some ice cream, and it's like gone. But before, it's just like, oh my god, I want to have sex, and it's just like you can't like testosterone. I feel like you can't think about anything else until you either have sex, rub one out. Like you can't just like <laughs> right. you just can't You're not think about track. it anymore. Oh, but god, yeah. but with just horm- straight hormones, I'm just like, oh, I want mm, no. No. And it's like, gone. <laughs> it's gone. So that's yeah. definitely got, having, you know, having the surgery. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about the surgery, but I had it on public. I mean, I had mine on TV, so I yeah. feel like it's different. Uh-huh. Um, but definitely since having it, you know, I'm just like, oh, I would rather cuddle. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, meet the right person because I feel like meeting the right person is like that's going to make me get to a place where I want to be. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> But but definitely getting through that three years wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a surgery with testosterone because sure. that's no joke. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Late 20s, forget it. Do you have any regrets about the surgery and it being so public? Mm, maybe it being public, but I, I had a fear that if I would have said no to having it, to being followed with the cameras, that it would have been, oh, we, we can't do the surgery. Right. And not saying that's what would have happened, but I was fearful of that. So, you know, 
Yeah, that that's the only thing, you know. I feel like yeah. it might have helped people, but it's so many documentaries and stuff about the surgery, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I think, like, people have such a um, kind of warped curiosity about it, and it's so yeah. beside the point in a yeah. way that curious how it's like the only person that needs to know is the person you're having sex with right honestly you know but but yeah i think that if i could have not had it on tv maybe maybe not you know because i am really a private person yeah um but you know it is what it is i don't regret it you know that was an amazing experience and Mm -hmm. i just look at it like i hear so many stories from the next generation it's like oh my god i watched your story and you really helped me realize i'm like wow so yeah and so what happened after high school? You went from Maryland to New York? Well, I went to Philly for college. For college. Right. And then um, I moved back home after. Well, I stayed for a little bit, but I got into a really abusive relationship. And um, I ended up moving back home to flee to flee the state to get, a, to get away from him. Oh, God. And I went back home and I started um, therapy uh, for domestic violence, and that's actually what triggered me coming to the conclusion that I was going to be strong enough to to transition. Wow! Which had nothing to do with the therapy, but it made me realize that I can't continue to live my life for other people, and that's what triggered me having the, the courage. So even if like I wouldn't even change, like I went through a really bad situation, and I was isolated, and you know this is pre-transition, but. Um, and actually, I saw Paris is Burning, the mm-hmm. documentary, um, while I was in that relationship. So when I went back home, when I decided I was going to transition, I started reaching out to people from the ballroom scene through wow. MySpace. And that was my connection in New York to move to New York and to get the resources to to transition. Uh-huh. Were you in a house? I was in a house. Not for long, but uh-huh. but I actually, after Top Model, like my house father at the time, like, I came back from Top Model and I was sleeping on his floor yeah. wow. to stay in New York before I moved back home where after finding out I was going to have the surgery and stuff. Okay. Um, but I was in a house and I used to walk. Were you an walk. extravaganza? No. Were you a Dupree? No. It's Were you not, a La Beja? <laughs> no, Dupree and La Beja, I don't think, well, they might still be walking, but it's more like uh, iconic houses. It's yeah. Really, they're not like really walkers now, but. I was in a small house called Tsunami, uh-huh. and I my first categories were Runway and Realness, and then Drag's Face, uh-huh. and then I transitioned, and right around Top Model, which was, like I said, really quick, but right at the beginning, I did a documentary called Born in a Wrong Body, MSNBC, uh-huh. on MSNBC, uh-huh. and I, um, yeah, so Runway, Realness, and Face, and then I transitioned, and then pretty much... After right after top model, I was like, I'm not walking anymore. Right. And I, like, I walked a few balls for a charity, and I, I did walk my girlfriend Giselle Extravaganza's ball. Uh, it was like runway was a thousand dollars, and I was like, they say walk like rent is due, but rent was due, and uh-huh. I like need the money. <laughs> so I like whipped up an outfit. I went and walked, and I won. I was like, yes, this is rent, literally. Oh man, and but, like, um, what an experience for a designer, also. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. that was one of the the main reasons I I also joined the ballroom scene just for my creativity. But you know, like my first ball, I walked and and I should have won, but then it was politics, and mm-hmm. the last vote went to the other person, even though everybody was like, "Oh my god, you know, the other person was legendary, and it was my first time." And it's so much politics in the yeah. ballroom scene, and that mm-hmm. made it not fun when I'm there, like making my outfit, and when I'm like storming the runway that's yeah. undeniable yeah and it's just like oh but this person is barely like walking one because half the people on the panel are their are their friends and i'm just that got tired really quickly and then yeah. i got maced one time then oh, it no. had nothing to do with me <laughs> so it was just a lot of a lot of things and then also i just wait found, sorry you got maced what during a it was after a ball oh fuck. yeah a, a couple of us did yeah oh, it was it was geez. horrible it was one Right before Top Models, I was 21. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. By interesting, I mean painful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I joined the ballroom scene thinking it was one way, you know, because I saw Paris that's burning. But the family aspect, it was just a lot of, I gave too much trust to, to you know, the house father. And, and I just realized it wasn't exactly what I, what I thought. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I still once in a while judge a ball and I'm still obsessed. I still look at it online. A lot of my friends are from the scene and I still vogue all the time at home, uh-huh. <laughs> um, which wasn't my category. But I remember at one point I used to do backflip into like a dip when I was younger. So it was wow. it was awesome. So I use it as my workout. Uh-huh. And I still love the ballroom scene. Um, but, you know, yeah, I just didn't really care for the politics 
Did you find that after Paris is Burning that the, the ball scene got kind of – did it get too big? Like well, was well, it affected? Well, Paris is Burning came out in like 91, 92. Uh-huh. So, so I, that was way before my time. Yeah. So I feel like maybe, but at that time it was still underground. I feel like then once in a while you had like a Janet Jackson or a big celebrity come to the balls. But I think really it's just like so much of ballroom scene was, t- was like stolen and put into mainstream without giving a credit, you know. Right. So it's just I think now with social media, it really just helped it to get to get more mainstream, you know. And now Pose is about to come out. That's about the ballroom scene, which right. is pretty awesome. I mean, we got to get it, you in the show Pose. I mean, come on. You know, it's funny. That's, so that's I auditioned. I auditioned and. I was told that they did like me, but just, it was weird though. I auditioned for a part. I was like, this part, I feel like it's too old for me. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if if they find a part for me or make a part for me, then, uh-huh. you know, Great. I, w- I would love that. God, I hope so. We need to see more of you. Yes, we do. No. Uh, in, in the meantime, we can find you on Tinder. <laughs> I mean, That's right. also all over the world, but here locally yeah. on Tinder. And you will continue, you're going to continue to date, right? You know, it's funny though. Like, I did give out my number a, a little, but dating, I haven't really dated in LA though. It's like no. to get it to that point, it's like in New York, people are like, bam, bam, bam. Sure. Hey, let, let's meet for, for your coffee. Let's meet for, and it's like, okay, yeah, but here it's just like. Yeah, people can do that forever here. No, it's just Especially like, it's so slow. Like, it's yeah. just like. Okay, I'm losing. And like, are you gonna ask me to dinner? Are you gonna? And it's just like everybody's just so chill here, and I'm uh-huh. just like, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm losing interest. It is L.A. is. Uh, I learned this very quickly. L.A. is a place where I flaked is a valid excuse. Like, right. if you miss something, mm-hmm. like you can actually I just mean, say I, I, I flaked. Right. I'm sorry. I adapted that a little. I mean, yeah. But only in group things. I'm just like, uh, yeah. Because if it's like at night, like it's just I'm just weird. I'm weird in big groups. Okay. I don't know. What but happens when you're in big groups? I get anxiety. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, if it's like if it's too like like a club or something, you know, like at an event, I'm good if I have like space or if I'm on stage. But if I'm like arm to elbow to elbow I start looking like the bodyguard like looking for my, a friend that's like yeah. <gasps> yeah. with me you know it's just it gets overwhelming uh-huh. oh, how do you God. deal with the anxiety I'm usually the person at an event that's kind of on a with a air bubble around like somewhere on the side uh-huh. you know I'm usually unless I'm like really like dancing or something where it's like space but even when I dance I like to find like a mirror or some space like where I can dance while I'm like let me get my space. But yeah. I'm usually the person, like, somewhere that's off where I can have space to move. Okay. Yeah. Right. So she look for ISIS by the mirror. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you know, if you put on, like, it depends, if, especially if I have on lashes. It's, like, all this effort. <laughs> like, I just want to, you know, until I until I have a boyfriend or a husband, and it's just, like, and then I'll just be, like, all in his face. Sure. There you go. You know? All right. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Thank you. I put that in the universe. Yeah. But the right one. I don't just want one just no. because. I, that, that's why I've yeah, been no. this long be- between. Uh-huh. I just want the right person and the right energy. And, yeah, I'm excited for the future. Uh, we, we do manifest these things. It, that's true. More well, than one relationship has come out of Okay, so, mani- so manifest me, like, meeting an amazing guy that we're going to get married. Uh-huh. But also manifest me getting, like, a series regular role on, like, an amazing show that I'm obsessed with. That oh, we're all obsessed with. No, no it's already we're, happening. Okay. We want we want to produce the ISIS King show across the street at Netflix. Yeah. And we want to see okay. your web series. Uh, I mean, we want all of it. Yeah. So. Thank you. I mean, the, the gears are already turning. Yeah. All it's already, yeah. Well, Just I'm, by being here, you've made it happen. Well, I'm putting that in the universe. Yes. yes. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Isis King, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. You are my favorite Charlie's Angel. Oh, Oh, yeah. Who's the third? Damn. Come on. Uh, We can give it to Lupita, I guess. I mean, it's going to be you and Hayden Pantieri. Okay. Right? And Patisserie. But maybe, but I don't know if they're both short. I know Hayden is definitely short. You're very Mm -hmm. worried about the height. Well, you know what? I could be the girl in, like, the the combat boost because – Drew Barrymore played Dylan, and she mm-hmm. had she was the combat booker. I can do that. Sure. Yeah. You yeah, got that. Yeah, the badass. Great. <laughs> there it is. Again, it's happened. It's happened. It's already happened. Dream reboot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Isis. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Wow. 
Isis King is uh, my favorite person. She on the planet. has converted me to whatever the religion of Mosaic Church is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, to just get in the word. I'm ready to go hear the word with Isis. Let's do it. She's the best. Uh, she is on. Uh, oh, she's on Insta. I just followed she's her on all Instagram. over social media. I'm sure you guys are already following her. But, but if you're uh, not, uh, she is at Ms. Isis King Easy on uh, on Instagram and. Woman can take a picture. Sure can. Ooh, we learned mercy. a thing or two. Sure did. That I can't take a picture. Stop it right now. Uh, thank you, Dana Wickens. Yes. Thank you, Ryan Connor. Yes. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, everyone. Thank Here you, Ben Wise, for the mu- music. For the music. <laughs> the music. Um, thank you, Mama Conkey. Thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you, listener. Thank you, homophiliacs. We love you. Well, Matt, great cooking is part art and part science. That's right. Jules Suvide takes care of the science that you're cooking your meat, your fish, your poultry to perfection with precise temperature control. Mm-hmm. Jewel, perfect food every time. And you know what? I stand by that because I've used it a bunch of times and it has never not been perfect. You are their unofficial spokesperson. Sous vide is your future drag persona. You're mm-hmm. living the brand and I love it. Uh-huh. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com. Slash Jewel. Use the code homophilia. You get 15 bucks off for a limited time. Chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. Hey, guys. It's Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham here. If you haven't listened to Womp It Up, we've got all brand new episodes. They're airing weekly. Chances are there's about 20,000 episodes for you to listen to on your drive. We've got some of the best comedians in the biz on playing amazing characters. Casey Wilson. Rob Hubel. Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Mary Holland. Nick Kroll. Ryan Husky. How about Andy Daly? And that's just to name a few. Please join us every week for a new episode of Womp It Up and watch as the Womplerverse expands before your eyes. Hashtag turn around. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.